fear has friends. One of the chief friends of fear is doubt. Combining academic knowledge and old school wisdom, that's what makes an impact. We need to have a very big conversation in the business world about how much kindness, compassion, empathy are the superpowers of business. When your perspective, your perception diametrically opposes your reality, if you are going to give and grow and evolve and attain and become, everything rises and falls on your viewpoint. The question is not how do you develop the motivation to keep going. The real question is how do you develop the discipline to do the stuff you need to do even when you don't feel like doing it. And I believe in business, what is very clear to me is people think kindness and they use kindness, but what it really is is a slight version of manipulation. You're doing something with thinking something else is gonna happen. Wisdom will come to you in the unlikeliest of sources, a lot of times through failure. When you hit rock bottom, remember this, while you're struggling, rock bottom can also be a great foundation on which to build and on which to grow. You cannot change the past, but you can change your perspective about it. Your viewpoint is your advantage. Your viewpoint is what changes the game. Here's what we do know. Life doesn't get any easier. It doesn't get more forgiving. We just get stronger and we get more resilient. One thing I've noticed is that enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. The race is not given to the strong nor the swift, but it is given to he that endureth until the end. One thing I know is that we've all been hit with a measure of adversity at some point in our life. Everybody listening to me has been hit with a measure of trauma. Everybody wants destiny. Everybody wants manifestation. Everybody wants fulfillment. Everybody wants the next level and the relationship and a higher quality of living. But nobody wants to eliminate distractions. Nobody wants to disappear for three months, four months, six months and, and, and eliminate all distractions and get into a place where you can focus on just you. What if you could just shut out every distraction? What if you could just shut out the world for just a season and focus on you? A man is rewarded in public for what he does in private. The, the reason why you don't see it, the reason why it has not manifested, the reason why you are so frustrated is because you have not been willing to forsake all that you've been called to forsake and to follow through behind closed doors. Sure, you can talk about it. Sure, you can plan it. Sure, you can write it down. Sure, you can go to the conference and hear about it. You can read about it. But at some juncture, you have to disappear and put the work in and come back and shock everybody that doubted you. Some of you don't even realize you have unfinished business. You need to go back where you left off with a new perspective. Go back to the gym. Go back to the drawing board. Go back to the business. Go back to the relationship. Go back to the burning building. You have unfinished business. All you got to do is show up with a new game plan and a new perspective. You got to finish business.
sometimes you don't find someone for a long time and then when you do it changes your whole life you find someone maybe it's just a youtube video and it's you saying it's still your motherfucking set and it's you just pushing people and telling people to go get after it and people see that and all of a sudden it's like they get goosebumps their heart starts racing it's like you gave them a drug like you gave them fuel and then, then they want to change their life. Then they want to watch you tomorrow. And then they want to watch you when they're at lunch break. That's fuel. And you literally can change a person's life through that. Because we need each other. I mean, this is it's one more piece of evidence that we need each other. And that we have this sort of very strange, loose-fitted community of all human beings together. When someone like you does something that's exceptional and says something that's exceptional and has these inspirational words, it can change a person's whole life, change their whole path, change who they are. I've gotten so many messages from people that say, I lost 130 pounds. You know, I did this. I got off sugar. I'm 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 fucking running every day. I hit the gym five days a week now. I'm 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 a different person. I'm drinking water. I'm exercising. I take vitamins. I'm eating healthy. I got more juice. I got more energy. My whole life is different now. There's no personal satisfaction in accomplishments if nobody loves you. You're not gonna enjoy it. Love is the most important thing, and that sounds so cliche. But without love. It's all useless. Yeah. It's all useless. We all need each other. Yeah. We really do. There's something beautiful about that, though. You, know, like you, you, you can't just go it alone. You really do need each other. Through time and effort, you build a stronger human. You build a stronger body. You build a stronger mind. You build accomplishments and will and momentum. And then you look back... And you go, hey man, I'm not washing tables anymore. You know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not washing dishes. I'm not cutting lawns. I'm not digging ditches. I'm a different person now. You are not your past. You're you. You're you right now. You might have done some things you wish you hadn't done. Don't dwell on that. You learn from it. That's fine. But don't dwell on it. Just keep moving. Keep moving. You know, use it. Use it as fuel. Say never again. I get what I did wrong. But don't think that you're that person that made those mistakes. You're the person who's learned. How much is it? Like, I'm going to ask that question, whether, whether it matters or not. I'm, it doesn't matter where I get in my life. I, I don't think I'm ever going to be free of how much was that? Because when I grew up, you had to know what things cost. Money is it's a terrifying thing because it's the one thing in life that everybody gets money. It's the one place where everybody gets it. And now what do I do? And I, I can lose it now. So it's a terrifying concept, like, like power. You know, very few of us ever, ever get any kind of influence or power, right? Once you get it, you're like, hey, what do I do with this? Am I going to do the right things with it? And so I think people withhold themselves because we're not educated about money. We don't know where it comes from. We have a lot of misinformation about it. Our parents terrified us. You know, money doesn't grow in trees. Uh, save your money, it'll save you. All these, these, these things our parents told us because they were enamored or encumbered with the same kind of liabilities around money. Right. I don't know how to get it. I don't know how to keep it. The worst part that we're all at is I don't know how to invest it. Some people get good at getting it. Very few, actually. Fewer people at keeping it. My dad died when I was 10. So he paid all his debt off, had everything paid. And, and so that's all I had, right? Everybody around me was like, get money, keep yeah. it, don't use it, you know, but, but you should invest but nobody ever learns that third one. And so I think we're just a bunch of people walking around terrified of this appearance of it's scarce and it's not, and you know, it's not, there's nothing scarce about it. 
This is what I did for 25 years, from 25 to 51 years old. Spent my most valuable asset time mm-hmm. to get money, terrified, terrified every second of every day. That's, that's really what's driven me the whole time, was terror. When you don't know, you're gonna be scared. So I'm going out to get money. I won't, I won't spend any of it because I'm terrified if I can't, I don't know how to get more. I'm worried I can't keep getting more. So then I'd get the money and then I'd rush off and spend my most valuable asset time again to bring it to the bank. Still today, man, it's, it's tough for me to buy blue jeans if they're not on sale. And I'm like, <laughs> right. this is stupid, man. Like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna wait. Right. You know? So, so you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's really stupid that I even worry about it. Right. And I'm not saying on the come up, I think you should worry about it. Right. But there needs to be where you can turn that switch off. One dimensional players aren't in the league. One dimensional players ain't in the league. What made Michael Jordan Michael Jordan is he can put up 30 and he can shut your butt down. He can play offense, he can play defense. He can play 40 minutes, 48 minutes. If you're not where you want to be financially, if you're not where you want to be emotionally, if you're not where you want to be physically, relationally, socially, 10 times out of 10, it is because you have settled in a place called convenience. And most of you in this room, your problem is you're one dimensional and you're trying to hang your hat on that. So what? I'm the number one motivational speaker in the world. Am I the number one father in the world? My kids don't care nothing about YouTube. My wife don't care nothing about YouTube. So what? You're the number one motivational speaker. Are you the number one husband? When you come home, cut all that foolishness off and give me me. And y'all conferences, do me a favor. You and CJ talk, and when you get in the garage, you close the garage, and when you come in the house, you take E.T. the hip-hop preacher off. I want Eric. I married Eric. I didn't marry E.T. the hip-hop preacher. If you continue to believe that your best work is behind you, then you will never achieve what is ahead of you. So real quick, what you, know, what you got to let go of? Write it down right now. Let's not play. There's an anointing in this place. What do you need to let go of so you can become 1%? Wealth is a mindset, it's not a dollar amount. The wisest man I ever met in my life, never made it past the third grade, impacted tremendously me and my brother. Growing up right here in Vallejo, this, this was our family. My father, wisest man I ever met in my life, left school in the third grade to help out on the family farm, but just because he left school doesn't mean his education stopped. Mark Twain once said, I've never allowed my schooling to get in the way of my education. My father taught himself how to read, taught himself how to write, decided in the midst of Jim Crowism, as America was breathing the last gasp of the Civil War, my father decided he was gonna stand and be a man. Not a black man, not a brown man, not a white man, but a man. He literally challenged himself to be the best that he could all the days of his life. I wanna share something with you. Academy was our backyard. Going on that training ship and getting lost, sneaking into the pool, going to all the different places for nearly 30 years. This was home. And I want to tell you, I know what it takes to get where you are. And I need you to listen to me very carefully. I have four degrees. My brother is a judge. We're not the smartest ones in our family. It's a third grade dropout daddy saying to us, boys, I won't have a problem if you aim high and miss, but I'm going to have a real issue if you aim low and hit. A a country mother quoting Henry Ford, 
saying if you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. You see, it takes knowledge and wisdom combined to grow your influence so that you'll make a, an impact. You'll be a shipmate that others can count on. I learned that from a third grade drop. Simple lessons, lessons like these. Son, don't judge people. The tendency of a person is to walk away from somebody that's different from them. You stay there and you get to know them. Never judge. Then he dropped Jonathan Swift on me, who said vision is the ability to see the invisible. Don't judge. Another lesson from this third grade dropout. Son, you'd rather be an hour early than a minute late. My father had the breakfast and lunch shift here at the academy. He had to be at work at five o'clock. We lived on Louisiana Street, 15 minutes away. My mother said for nearly 30 years, my father left the house at 345 in the morning. One day she asked him, why daddy? He said, maybe one of my boys will catch me in the act of excellence. Aristotle said, you are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act. Don't ever forget that. Trying to control the mind with the mind is like trying to grab fog. It's, it's vapors, you're never gonna grab it. The nervous system includes the brain, but also all the connections to the body and yeah. back again. And so the, when you can't control your mind, you wanna do something purely mechanical. All trauma, anxiety, fears, they all map back to stress in some way. Now you can have stress without trauma, you can have anxiety without trauma, but you can't really have trauma without stress and anxiety. Even though there aren't really strict definitions of the boundaries between trauma and stress and fear, I think it's fair to say that trauma is a fear and or stress response that's happening at the wrong times, right? It's sort of carrying over from an experience that's making life uncomfortable or in some cases exceedingly challenging. So the first thing for anyone trying to navigate stress is to understand in what kind of stress they're dealing with. Are you exhausted and having a hard time getting your energy up? Or is your energy too high and you're having a hard time getting your energy down? Because the solutions to those are often quite different. It's very hard to control the mind with the mind. It can be done. I say when in moments of stress, either excessively alert stress or excessively fatigued stress, look to the body because mm -hmm. there are mechanisms that have been built into the body designed to do this. Now, the reason I can say that is that the physiological side, the double inhale, exhale, is controlled by a specific set of neurons in the brainstem that Jack Feldman's lab discovered. Inhale-emphasized breathing can be practiced in a way, sort of away from stress in a kind of offline approach that can be beneficial for raising what we call stress threshold. So there's a whole other way to look at stress, which is to say, how do I get calmer in the mind when my body is freaking out? So I was born with a physical disability. I was born with two fingers on my left hand and a shorter left arm. And now I have a super cool bionic arm, but you know, the majority of my life, I hid my disability. For 17 years, I hid my hand, you know, I, was bullied, I was like so depressed and like mental health just wasn't a thing for me because I was just a one-handed guy living in a two-handed world. When everyone stares at you, when everyone makes fun of you, when you're kind of segregated and shown to be the monster, you know, it takes a toll. And unfortunately, there are so many labels that get put on people, especially people with disabilities. You know, when you think about synonyms for disability, you think of weak or broken or useless or helpless or less than. And I don't know if you can imagine being a kid, living a life they didn't ask for, being labeled weak or broken. 
you know, so that really hurt me. And for 17 years, I hid my disability up until a few years ago. I had to build this persona of fake confidence. And I kind of became that person that everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's just the guy who hides his hand. But I had this fake sense of confidence about my disability and pretended like it didn't exist. And I did that for almost, you know, 20 years. The biggest advice I could give myself is you have a right to what you're feeling. But just because you feel it doesn't mean it's real. Feelings are not facts. And I would try to get myself to question those negative thoughts and really try and understand that just because you feel a certain way, just because you feel people are staring at you, just because you feel less than, doesn't mean you have to invest in that thought. If we all invested in every thought we had, we'd probably be crazy, you know? Um, we get some negative random thoughts that come across our mind sometimes. And my job is to not let my mind take over. And that's when I win and when I lose and everything in between. So in talking to that 20 year old version of myself, you're valid for what you feel, but at the same time, you are not, it's not a necessity to act out those feelings. You have a choice between what you think and what you do. And that choice is everything. I think that endurance, enduring something, and building up that ability to endure things. That's also a very important mechanism that you could apply to everyday life. Like that, the mechanism of understanding how to endure. Because a lot of people just running from discomfort. They're running from it. They're just avoiding it. It's so easy to. And like, if you get distracted for a second, you're like, mm, yeah, mm, let me check my phone. You just start going through your phone and looking at bullshit, and you're just distracting yourself from the tiniest frustration of boredom just the yeah. little we don't get bored anymore or if we get bored we get bored for these tiny amounts of time then you get distracted so your distraction is eliminating your boredom but the problem with that is like there's certain thoughts that only come to you when you're thinking when you're you don't have any input coming in when we're constantly looking at our phones the only input you're getting is input from other people and sometimes that's good sometimes you get good stuff out of that but it's like a diet of only fruit you know like hey motherfucker, yeah. you need some protein yeah <laughs> like this is you need you need to get some other things in your diet you know and um i think having discomfort in your diet like having it as a, a regular part of your life it minimizes the amount of uh, other kinds of bullshit and i think that insanity and, and greatness are next door neighbors and they borrow each other's sugar there's there's something about mastery like true mastery uh, that requires you to shut off massive areas of your life personal areas um, relationships uh, education my education was a joke I mean until I was 21 years old until I started doing stand-up comedy I didn't read books I mean I may, might have read a Stephen King book here and there for to kill time while I was on the train on my way to training uh, but there was no uh, there was no desire to educate myself. If I was educating myself, it was maybe reading uh, the Book of Five Rings to learn better strategy to be a better fighter. That was all it was. Or was there ever a point where you said, "I'm a little out of balance. I need to go the other way"? Well, I realized I was a flawed person for sure. You know, and I think in realizing that you're a flawed person, what it, helped you realize that? Just fucking up, <laughs> just being an idiot. You know, realizing you know girls would get mad at me, or maybe guys would get mad at me. Whatever it was, I realized that I had flaws. You know, uh -huh. I, I knew I knew that uh, I was, and then also failing at comedy. 
one of the um, hardest things to do is to go from being really great at something to sucking at something. And that's something that you suck at is now your path. You know, and that's what I found myself in comedy. You know, I, I could get laughs every now and then, but I knew I wasn't anything special. I knew I was terrible. And there was something exciting about being terrible because it, I had potential, because there was potential for growth. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a, if, you, if you start doing it and you're great at it, like, naturally, like, maybe I wouldn't have had the motivation to do it as a living for 25 years like sure. I've done. I don't know. But at that time, you know, making that transition from martial arts competition to uh, being a comedian, that's when I started going down the road of balance and started trying to balance myself as a person. And I started trying to almost educate myself to have more things to talk about on stage. And then along the way, my curiosity started to blossom. And then I started to just be interested in things for being interested in them. And as I got better as a comedian, I became less worried about what other people thought about me and more worried about just improving and and keeping, you know, keeping this sort of momentum going. And as I relaxed more, you know, in having some success in life and sort of uh, not worrying about bills as much, not worrying about my future, then I started to explore altered states of consciousness, and then I really started opening up the door to the whole yin and the yang. Life is filled with so many different kinds of experiences that are available, and that's one of the things that you sort of open up to when you relax. When you relax and you know you don't worry about what you look like, you don't worry about what you sound like, you don't worry about how, how people feel about you, because you've thought all, uh, about all these different things on your own, and you've kind of corrected as many things as you can correct given that time period, but you, you, you feel comfortable that you're on a good path, mm-hmm. you know, then you sort of can entertain ideas that maybe you wouldn't if you were insecure sure. or more insecure. You know, I think we're all, I think you have to be insecure if you're finite. We're worried about death. We're, we're worried about disease. We're worried about loved ones. We're, we're always going to be, in a certain sense, insecure. You know, we're worried about being sexually attractive. We're worried about being uh, socially interesting. Sure. You know, there's always going to be some form of insecurity, but... That's also part of the balance of life, too. It's like you don't ever get to bliss. You know, what you get to do is chase bliss. You get to enjoy the moment. The moment is amazing, and it'll go away, and you'll be fucking tired, and you got to get up, you know, and you got to drive in traffic, and you're not going to like it. And you got to, you know, do some shit you don't want to do. There's a lot of times where I work out where I don't want to, yep. you know, and I make myself do it. If I was living in bliss, I'd be just be a fat fuck sitting on the couch, <laughs> you know, thinking that I don't want to do that. My life is about enjoyment. No, there's enjoyment in doing things you don't enjoy. The ROI, I like to say, of a basketball is billions of dollars for LeBron James. It's zero for me. How one plays with the tools is the variable of success. I, I do believe that the far majority of what is the opportunity in this room or the limitation sits in two very simple categories. One's uncomfortably black and white and one is remarkably gray. The black and white is what I just started with. Until you start making dozens of videos, pictures, and written articles a week, you will continue to leave an extraordinary amount of money on the table, and somebody sitting next to you is gonna do it and take your market share, and I don't care if you've been the queen of that city for 30 years and work on your reputation, slowly but surely you will lose, because that's what always happens in business. 
I love OG life and it is absolutely building on reputation. But I love when an agent says to me, dear, you don't get it. I dominate this town for the last 30 years. I'm like, dear, you don't get it. You don't get it. Much bigger companies than you have gone out of business with fucking audacity. And it is audacity in 2022. It is, it is only, and this is very clear. If you're sitting in the crowd and you're not doing this work, it's only two things and they're both interesting. One is audacity. You're audacious that what you did in 1993 or 2001 or 2007 is enough for you to dominate 2022 or you've lost your ambition, which is okay. I don't think of that as a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing that you're not as hungry. Maybe you've scratched your itch. Maybe you do want to do other parts in your life, but look, don't lie to yourself and understand yourself on where you are in your journey. 2022 is gonna be a remarkable opportunity for this room. The question is very simple though, who's gonna actually put in the 30 hours of work starting today to actually know how to do pictures and videos and written words on these platforms and who's not? And it becomes a very simple game. It's a black and white prescriptive game. Either you're good at it or you're not. No different than basketball.